You are now listening to This and That, a podcast collaboration about some of everything that's anything with your hosts, David and Brenda. And now, let's get to talking about this and that. Hello, everybody. We are coming from Podcast Land Studio. And I am Brenda, better known as Miss Brenbren. And this is David, a.k.a. The Professor, a.k.a. Dr. David, since people demand it. There you go. And we are co-hosts for your increasingly popular podcast known as This, this and, and that. that. Thank you for joining us for episode 14. And today is... No different than any other day, we're going to be talking about everything that's anything. So, David, what else would you say today is? Today is May the 4th, Star Wars Day, and I would like to say May the 4th be with you. And Chewbacca is also saying... May the 4th be with you. But on a sad note about Chewbacca, David? The actor Peter Mayhew who played Chewbacca from the very beginning up through The um, Force Awakens passed away April 30th. He was 74 years old and uh, yes, he was really that tall. He was 7 feet 2 inches tall. So for all of you Star Wars fans out there, You know all about Chewbacca, but let's hear his voice once again. And what would Chewbacca say today? Well, he would say, may the fourth be with you, but he would say it in Wookiee. But, yeah, let's hear it in Wookiee. Thank you to all of the individuals that keep tuning in to this and that. Um... We have cities here in the United States, as well as abroad, that continue to tune in and listen to what we have to say. In the U.S., shout out to cities including Silver Springs, Maryland, Chicago, Illinois, Fairfield, Ohio, Westchester, Ohio, and San Jose, California. On an international basis... We have cities tuning in from Amsterdam, Netherlands, Beaumont, Canada. Finally, we have our U.S. military that continues to tune in to listen to what we're having to say. And so we want to say thank you to all of those in the military, their families, um, civilian support groups, that are with them, whether they're here in the States or whether they're abroad. Thank you for your service, and thank you for tuning in to This and That. When folks are tuning in, David, or Dr. David, where can they tune in to? They can listen to us on our uh, home base, so to speak, SoundCloud. Also, we're available on iTunes, uh, a.k.a. Apple Podcasts. Uh, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play Music, and TuneIn. And we're also available 
using Alexa voice assisted devices if you are using the Stitcher app and the TuneIn app, correct? That's correct, plus there are, there are other ways as well. So if for some reason people try to listen to us or have a question or a comment and they want to email us, where would they do that? They can email us at this and that at aboutgreatercincinnati.com. That's this, the letter N, that, at sign, aboutgreatercincinnati.com. Now, this is episode 14 of our eclectic podcast. And we told folks on our last podcast that we were going to go to the dogs on this one. Correct? Yes. Specifically, I think I called it equal time for canines. So do you want to explain that? Just like our episode 9, which was the all-feline edition, our 9 lives feline edition that needed no other explanation, episode 14 is the same way. It does not mean that every we're going to be talking literally about dogs. It means that there's a dog or canine theme running out throughout the podcast. Now, number 9, Cats 9 Lives, pretty self-explanatory. Why episode 14 for dogs? Most people know that dog years, seven human years equals one dog year. So 14, two human years in dog year terms, and dogs are perpetual two-year-olds in their mentality and emotional state. That's my kind of twisted thinking on this. Yep, he does have (laughs) twisted thinking, but dogs are cute no matter how old they are. In human years or dog years. So, what are we going to talk about today? Well, again, in in keeping with our themes, we've got what's hot. Once again, um, all things related to Mueller Report. It's a dog-eat-dog world, as uh, William Barr found out in the Senate hearing. So that's under our what's hot segment leading off our show. Then we get into, uh, essentially... Dogs versus cats and various topics under that umbrella that we will touch upon. Uh, Also, who says you can't teach an old dog new tricks? That is in relations to a music artist. Brenda and I uh, watched the uh, BBMA Awards and we've got our whole impressions about that. And there's a whole dog theme running throughout there. As well as we we have some fun as to our various artists, what kind of dog would they be if they were a dog? And we follow it up with our words of wisdom from the uh, incomparable, unique Snoop Dogg. All right. So um, before we go any further, let me ask you this. Uh, Did you know that there was once a dog that was really good at fetching? No, I did not know that. Well, that's because he was promoted to branch manager. I see no comment. No comment whatsoever. (laughs) Then that means we should move on to episode 14 of This and That. Now, we said... We are living basically in a dog-eat-dog world when it comes to the Mueller report, correct? That's correct. So what's hot about 
the Mueller report right now. Well, the whole thing. What's happened now is there were Senate hearings that have been scheduled for a while, happened this past week. But before that occurred, there was, let's say, dueling, three-way dueling letters that came out and were leaked to the press. What do you mean, three-way dueling letters? The day before, the night before the hearing, the Washington Post, as they, they tend to do, uh, dropped a, a, a bomb basically saying that um, the Attorney General William Barr had received a letter. And actually, if you read the story and read the text of the letter, there were actually two letters there. So it's actually four letters. But they, were, they got a letter from Mueller. So uh, to, to backtrack, and again, if you want the full backstory on this stuff, um, backstory as to the Mueller report, that's in episode 12, uh, talking about the actual physical document and uh, what was going on there. That's episode 13. So I'm not going to plow over old ground. But uh, I will say that there was the four-page summary, quote-unquote summary, letter that spelled out the conclusions as seen by the Attorney General William Barr that he put out a few days after Mueller gave him his report that did not go over well in a lot of, in, in some circles. And the day after that report came out, that the, he put that letter out on the 24th of um, April. No, of uh, March. <laughs> it was not long ago. And on the 25th of March, he got a letter from Bob Mueller, basically in plain English saying, don't agree with how your letter was worded. It might leave some misimpressions. The team and I, meaning Mueller's team, had some concerns about it. And I'm speculating as to what it says because that letter has not leaked. Now, the Attorney General in the hearing said that he picked up the phone, and I'm only paraphrasing a little bit. He kind of said, Bob, what's up with the letter? And they had whatever discussion they had. I guess it wasn't satisfactory to to Mueller because on the 27th, and this is the letter that did leak, there was a letter that came out, and this is the one that came out before the hearings, that essentially said and reiterated, you know, I sent you a letter on the 25th expressing our concerns and that essentially we gave you these summaries that shouldn't need needed redaction and why you just didn't put out the summaries, I have no clue. That's what, it was nicer, you know, Washingtonese, but that's what that letter said. So when the Attorney General went before Congress, of course, he was grilled incessantly about this. Yeah, and it didn't go well. And, well, partly because... He had been asked in the House by um, Representative Charlie Crist of Florida about um, there were there were reports circulating that uh, Mueller's team wasn't happy about his summary. Did he know anything about it? And he his answer was kind of like, "No, I have no clue." And the letter kind of shows he had a clue. So, now, are you saying he lied? Well, he did the lawyer kind of tap dancing about, well, I don't know who those... He did this thing like, well, the report said, you know, these attorneys versus those attorneys, and I never spoke to his, to Mueller's team. I only spoke to Bob directly. I mean, he did what lawyers do, split hairs and, and the like. Now, did he, did he lie? Of course, an ethicist would say, yes, he lied. I think most, most fair-minded people would say... 
if he didn't lie, he, he actively meant to deceive Congress, he which lied. is a lie. So it was a lie. Now, does that lie rise to lying before Congress and that which is a crime? I don't think so, but I'm not a lawyer. But they, you know, they can do what they want. I haven't heard anybody say, oh, they're going to try and charge. And Nancy Pelosi went on the warpath, but I didn't hear her say he should be charged with, you know, perjuring himself before Congress. Because I, I think it would be hard to prove. Um, because he's did all this legal tap, that, tap dancing and the like. So he was grilled incessantly about that. And while that might be good political theater, it was irritating to me to no end because it's kind of like, how many times are you going to do this? Now, I'll, I'll get back to that in a minute. There were three senators, surprisingly to me, who actually discussed real issues, meaning the Russian meddling, what to do about it, should they hold hearings, should the Justice Department hold a special hearing for Congress about all the other stuff, and so on. And those three senators were? Uh, ben Sass, um, it's either Joni or Jody Ernst, I always forget it's a Jody or Joni, and then Amy um, Klo Klobuchar, who's running for president, talked about the elections, and apparently she has legislation out there to, to, um, to basically require everybody to have paper ballots in their states, so you wouldn't have machines that don't have paper trails, among some other things. So they actually, those three, surprisingly to me, actually talked about some real issues versus, you know, just trying to rake borrow the coals. And to be fair, n none of the senators were effective at um, sparring with Barr, except for one, and that's um, uh, Senator Kamala Harris, who's also running for and president. And she was like uh, a dog with a bone. Exactly. She, she had that bone and she just would not... Let go. Or my analogy would really be, she was a Doberman pincher that saw William Barr trying to intrude in the house, ran across the yard, bit him on the butt, and would not let go. That's my analogy. Yeah, that's a good one. So, um, her whole time with, the, with William Barr was like eight, eight and a half, over eight and a half minutes. So, here's the actual just under three minutes that gives you flavor of what she was doing with Barr and why my analogy, I think, is fairly apt to what was going on. My question is, in reaching your conclusion, did you personally review all of the underlying evidence? Uh, no, we took an accepted... Did, 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 did accepted Mr. Rosenstein? No, we accepted the statements in the report as the factual record. We did not go underneath it to see whether or not they were accurate. We accepted it as accurate. And made our, so you made our, accepted the report as the evidence? Yes. You did not question or look at the underlying evidence that supports the conclusions in the report? No. Did uh, Mr. Rosenstein review the evidence that underlines and supports the conclusions in the report? To your knowledge? Not to my knowledge. We accepted the statements and the report Did anyone the characterization in your, of the evidence is true. Did anyone in your executive office review the evidence supporting the report? No. No. Yet you represented to the American public that the evidence was not, quote, sufficient to support an obstruction of justice the offense. The evidence presented in the report. This is not a this is not a mysterious process in the Department of Justice. We have pros memos 
and declination memos every day coming up. And we don't go and look at the underlying evidence. We, Sir, would you we support take the characterization of the evidence as true? As the Attorney General of the United States, you run the United States Department of Justice. If in any U.S. Attorney's Office around the country, the head of that office, when being asked to make a critical decision about, in this case, the person who holds the highest office in the land, and whether or not that person committed a crime, would you accept them recommending a charging decision to you if they had not reviewed the evidence? Well, that's a question for Bob Mueller. He's the U.S. attorney. He's the one who presents the report. But it was you who made the charging decision, sir. You made the decision not to charge the president. As Jed Clampett would say from the Beverly Hillbillies, ooh, doggy. It's safe to say, um... Mr. Barr was having a difficult time with Senator Harris. Absolutely, and and that goes on for uh, a little bit more. And she she ends it with it's it's very clear that you didn't you have not it's clear you have not looked at the evidence. That's the direct quote. And then she just moves on because he kind of tap dances from that stumble there. So no wonder why he skipped the House hearings the very next day. Uh, yes. Well, the House had said that they were going to skip the whole, you, you have um, representatives ask questions and they move on to another one for after so many minutes and so on. They were just going to have a staffer nonstop grill him the whole time. And he had already said he wasn't going to submit himself to that or show up. And I suspect after he definitely wasn't going to after uh, what happened with Senator Harris. Yeah, he definitely had enough grilling to last him for a while. Yep, um, he he will not be cooking out. I think uh, come Memorial Day. No, I don't think so. Now, but what I find interesting is that people kind of forget something similar like this happened in Congress oh not too long ago. Not to not to the grilling per se, but the, you're, you're kind of skipping ahead to the fact that he, that he, being William Barr, the Attorney General, is going to more than likely be held in contempt of Congress for not showing uh, yeah, up to the that, hearing. Yeah, that's what I'm getting at. And uh, that happened um, back in 2012, 13, or 14, somewhere in there, with um, then Attorney General Eric Holder, who um, refused to um, submit documents and a whole bunch of other things about the uh, Fast and Furious operation where, um, I don't know whose idea, and that's part of what people are trying to figure out, whose idea was it to think it was a good idea to let weapons make their ways down into the Mexican cartels in some kind of figure out the pipeline and then go arrest everybody. And of course, no arrests were made. And uh, there's evidence to suggest that a couple of uh, border Patrol agents who were killed by weapons that were done through that sting. So he was held in contempt of Congress, and nothing happened, because contempt of Congress is kind of like a worthless, uh, symbolic gesture. Yeah, and that's what I'm getting at. Both sides, whether you're a Democrat or you're a Republican, play this game when it comes to we are going to hold you in contempt, knowing that really nothing is going to happen as a result of it. Right. Those are just words. And what is really irritating to me is when I hear Democrats make it sound like they've never done this before. And Republicans, when they make it sound like 
they haven't done this before, saying they're going to hold somebody in contempt. But but the reason why they get away with it, or, or 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 for the most part get away with it, is because the press is complicit on this too. They play this game, as well. And it's like um, the last episode I talked about how the press, you know, conveniently loses all institutional memory when it serves their purpose to to build a narrative, especially for their cable news show. And it doesn't matter that the narrative is, you know, is is false or biased. They're, you know, selling product, doing entertainment, in a lot of cases more so than news. And this is one of those cases where I've only heard it, uh, print, is, and I'm talking TV specifically, print, they've pretty much mentioned the whole air colder thing for people who may have forgotten or don't know. But on television, I have yet to hear anyone bring this up, that, you know, um, this has happened before. You would think, although they haven't said it because they know it would be a lie if they said it, that they give the impression that this would be the first time in history that an attorney general was held in contempt of Congress when it, you know, it's happened before this decade, in fact. Well, it's guess a game what? to them. Guess what? The game is not over yet, and we are going to keep seeing people play it for a while sadly yes but as i've said i mean we know where this movie's gonna go um slowly 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 they're gonna be you know eventually these investigations are gonna open up into an impeachment hearing that's not to say that impeachment process will ever start against trump because it's kind of like the what they say um, uh, death of a thousand cuts. That's what they're hoping to, to try and do without going through impeachment because they, 20 years ago, almost to the date when the Republicans impeached President Clinton, um, it did not turn out well for them politically. And, and that's what why Nancy Pelosi and the other leaders, you know, don't want to pull the trigger on impeachment. But they'll walk up as closely as they can to it and do all this stuff to try and, you know, tar and feather the, the president to mix mix up my metaphors. I think I'm on three metaphors running now. Well, we'll see how this plays out. That's why it's a dog-eat-dog world. That's why it's a dog-eat-dog world. (laughs) Now we're going to talk about um, dogs versus cats, right? Uh, Yes. In broad strokes. So... What do you have for us? Well, there was a, a, a recent study that came out that said dog people, uh, meaning people who have dogs as pets exclusively, are happier, quote-unquote, than people that have cats exclusively as pets or people who have you know both dogs and cats as pets. And the scientists that looked into the study and they defined what what they were looking as far as happiness and things like that, the stuff they could actually measure. And they believe it's not the dog that's doing it per se. There's some correlation with having and owning a dog. But they didn't go into, they didn't speculate as to what that might be and they aren't planning on any kind of follow-up to that. So this this one of these studies that the, the, the media picked up on and basically said dog people are happier than cat people and whatever, you know, because the, in the media they they hate cats <laughs> in general, and so that's kind of kind of what the underlying tone was. But if you when you look into the study again, it's just kind of a correlation kind of thing. So here in the U.S., that would imply that seventy eight 
plus million people are happy because they have dogs, right? Those those folks and their families, yes, because there are about that many. And this is one of the weird things. We tried to research how many dog owners are there in the U.S. because the U.S. is one of the few countries that keeps records of this, supposedly. But we found three different numbers, and then we stopped looking into this thing. But the three <laughs> numbers we found were the number of dogs, not dog owners. Well, one, uh, I remember a couple of them were dog owners, not just dogs. Nah, I remember them all as dogs. Because one um, outlet said there were 61,080,000 dogs well, in the world. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, not in the world, I, I, in I the see US. what you're saying. Well, if you did the math on that and with the percentage, because remember they gave percentages of dog owners. So if you did the math on it, it comes out to other other pieces. Well, you know, so everybody roughly, <laughs> is not going to be doing the math. So, They're just going to be working on straight numbers. Unlike individuals such as yourself well, math that will be doing the math. So that clears that up. He's doing the math. That's why the numbers are there. Okay. <laughs> Well, I mean, I'm not going to take their word for it. I'm all gonna, right, all I'm right. Check it out myself. Okay. But I'm one of those people. If you give me a PowerPoint presentation and you have a bunch of percentages, if they don't add up to what you're saying, I'm going to say that doesn't add up. I've and trust me, folks, he will definitely do that. He has been don't known give, to do that. Yeah, so you don't numbers throw don't numbers at him that don't make sense. Exactly. So and anyway. that's the reason why we are having this conversation because. There was one outlet that said 61 million plus of dogs. And then there was another outlet that said there was, you know, close to 80 million or something of dogs. And it's like, this does not add up, people. And they gave the percentage of, of um, owners. And it was like, depending how you did it, it was either 20, 28% or, or 39%. I mean, it's all over the map. It doesn't make sense. It's like they might as well be like a lot of these other countries. Don't even keep records because it didn't make sense. But what makes sense is that he and I have been dog owners for a very long time. And we have been very happy with our dogs. But we've also been very happy with our cats. This is true. So we like them both. That's right. We've had cats and we've had dogs. And they've um, they peacefully coexisted for the most part. There was the one incident where the cats tried to kill off our, our golden, but that's that's another, <laughs> that's another story, story for another day. And yes, it is very true um, that did happen. And the cats were basically like, uh, "We didn't do up. anything." I don't know what you're talking about. So that brings us to the next question: Who's smarter, cats um, or dogs? Yeah, um, the inherent question, are cats smarter or dogs smarter? It turns out, and um, we, we mentioned this in the, in the um, episode 9, the cat episode, dogs and cats have, on average, the same IQ, which comes out to be around the number for a typical 2- to 4-year-old human child. So on the intelligence scale, they're, they're equivalent now. They do not act the same. Cats and dogs don't 
enjoy the same stimuli, don't no, react to the same stimuli. No, they do not. They are very much different, just like you have two different friends that may be around the same age. Right. And part of it is dogs are, they are pack animals. So, you know, they, they travel in groups, they're very social, and if you or your significant other, whoever, roommate, somebody in, in that household, or if it's not you yourself, are the, you know, the dominant, become the, the alpha, then they're just going to do whatever you say, basically. That's how dogs are. Um, and they've been that way since people started domesticating them. Uh, we know evidence-wise, you know, 10,000 years at the very least because there have been humans and dog bones and DNAs shown that they were dogs, not wolves, meaning they had already become domesticated going back 10,000 years. There were bones in, like found in Texas in Any the idea 70s, how they can tell? 1970s. What's that? That when they find these bones... That it was a domesticated dog versus because of wolf. DNA, because of DNA. Oh, okay, how, yeah. Okay. So that's how you can tell the difference. Just like you know, with people, you can tell. Okay, this was a Homo sapien versus Neanderthal versus you know some of the other the Hobbit humans they found. I forget the name of them, but that um, other species. And then there's a species up in the Himalayas and the like that kind of was the bridge between. Neanderthals and Homo sapiens and mated with everybody and we've got all their DNA entangled, depending okay. what part of the world you're from. All right, you can tell the difference by DNA. Yep, yep, very easily, very easily. So those are the two studies we want to talk about, uh, for the most part, with dogs and cats. Now, again, dogs are very much pack animals, so they're going to be loyal they have the whole unconditional love thing going on and the like, which sets them apart from, say, their cat counterparts. Uh, also, dogs are, you know, more, is, is from a human perspective, they seem to uh, be more emotional as far as cats are concerned. Cats seem more aloof and the like, and that's because, again, Humans domesticated dogs. Humans have not domesticated cats. No, humans, cats have I mean, domesticated humans. Well, I don't know if they have. Cats have chosen to be with humans, so yeah, there's a little bit of that going on. I don't think they've domesticated us completely. Well, I think they have, <laughs> but because you live in a cat's world. You do. Not the other world around. Cat chooses, cats have chosen for their own purposes um, to, to live with human beings because it makes their lives easier. So and, that's another difference. And dogs, on the other <laughs> hand, I love them to death, but they're a little on the slow side. Well, some it depends on the breed. Depends on the breed. Now, like, um, and that gets into what breeds are the most popular in the U.S. You have, and this has pretty much been steady almost our entire lives, where you have... Um, uh, Labrador Retrievers, uh, Yorkshire Terrier, then um, that's followed up by German, German Shepherds. Shepherds, Golden Retrievers, and then the uh, Beagle. And, and we've had four out of the five. Yeah, we've had four out of the five. I've just never had a, um, a lab, but the other four breeds, at some point in my life, 
I have had. Yep, absolutely. And so, they're all lovable. Don't get me wrong. But, I love my dogs. I love them, love them, love them. But, but some, it's again, again, you get to the breeds. Like, Golden Retriever is very lovable, but not too bright. I'm sorry. No. No. And there's a commercial out that talks about, you know, Labrador Retrievers and Golden Retrievers are, are similar but different, that type of thing. And one of them is Labradors are, you know... At least I would say average dog intelligence. You might have some really smarter labs, but at least average dog intelligence. Goldens, no. No, but they're no. still lovable. Is is <laughs> yeah, they lovable. are still lovable. They're lovable, but you know, not so bright. But you know what the best breed of all is, of course. Mutt. That's right, mutts. Or as some people would refer to them as mixed breed but a mutt yes they're uh genetically diverse so you never know what you're going to come up with and they're very lovable not to mention cute absolutely that brings me to another dog joke are you ready do i have a choice no you don't have a choice but i'm going to give you a dog joke anyway okay go ahead why was the dog proud of himself I have no idea. Because he did his duty. <sighs> yeah, that was a uh, pretty bad dad joke. But that's what happens when you can domesticate dogs. They get very, very proud of themselves when they go outside. And, and okay, because you told a, uh, a dog joke. It is May the 4th, Star Wars Day. I'm going to... Give a Star Wars joke. Oh, I should have known. So, are you ready? Okay, let's go. What kind of car does a Jedi drive? Oh, I have no idea. A Toyota. Not Toyota as in the... Toyota. Toy, as the in, word toy and the word Yoda. As in, car does a Jedi drive? Drive car does Jedi. <laughs> Can I have a uh, Chewbacca <laughs> sound that says we are moving on to the next segment? Yes, yeah, Chewbacca, we're moving on. This past Wednesday was the uh, Billboard Music Awards. And who says? You can't teach an old dog new tricks. What do you mean by that? Because Snoop Dogg was oh, yes. nominated for Best Gospel Album. That That's correct, which and was a big surprise. A big surprise because everybody knows Snoop Dogg as a hardcore rapper. Well, I, I'd heard he had done a gospel album, but I hadn't thought much of it until I heard it was nominated for, and it was like, okay, well, need to check it out. And we actually listened to it, Brendan and I, a little bit. And it's like, I, I think he thinks he's Quincy Jones now. I was expecting, you know, every track Snoop Dogg to do something on. But it's not. There's a track with Charlie Wilson in it. You got, you know, um, um, Ty Trivet, some other folks. And they have no Snoop Dogg anywhere in those tracks. It's kind of like a Quincy Jones thing. He, he does rap in a few few tracks but other than yeah, that it, it he's was, assembled a diff bunch of artists it's actually pretty pretty it was, good it was a pretty good album 
It did not win the award. Um, mm. What's her name did? Um, uh, can't think of her name now. No, I can't think of her name, but <laughs> needless to say, Snoop Dogg. Tori Kelly. Yeah, Tori. Tori, Tori Kelly. Kelly. Won the award for best gospel album. Sorry, Tori. Um, and Snoop She's Dogg. She's actually a good artist. Um, did not. But his album got a lot of play, and a lot of people listened to it and bought it. But what were some of the other awards? First award of the night was around the R&B album, and that went to uh, Ella May. Yeah, for the longest <laughs> time, I thought people were saying the letters L-M-A, not the words Ella May. This is what I have to put up with, folks. <laughs> <laughs> so... Eventually, I finally got her name right. Yeah, like almost a year later. But it doesn't matter. I'm sure I am not the only one. Because when you hear people talk about it on the radio, they run her name together. I think that's just And it sounds like initials rather than two separate words. But I finally got it. It took me a while. But her name is Ella May. And if we were to associate her with a particular dog breed, I would say she probably is more like an English Springer Spaniel. Would you agree? I would agree, especially if she wears her hair long and she's got that part in the middle. She sometimes does. Then the hair looks like the ears. The Springer Spaniel. And to not, me anyway. not so much it looks like the ears, but because it looks like the, the ears. roots are kind of curly Which, of her hair. Yes, well. And the roots of the dog of the English Springer Spaniel is also kind of curly around the ears. Exactly. And that's why I would say she is the an, an English Springer Spaniel. Plus she's English. Well, yeah. But, she's from London. But we'll, we'll give her that. So, um, she won an award, and so did some other folks. Um, Cardi B pulled off two different awards, at least. But right. I think she was up for, like, 25 well, or 21 nominations. Yeah, she's, yeah she was up for, for a ridiculous amount of awards. I, I think that was the most any anyone been up with. There were categories where she was competing against herself. And yeah, and I just don't understand. <laughs> and there was one can, where she competed against herself. She still didn't win that. that yeah, one. <laughs> how can you compete against yourself and you still don't win? That was kind of crazy. But um, yes, Cardi B did did win. That was no surprise there. And um, what dog would you say she is? Well, Cardi B don't take no flack from folks. So if I had to associate her with a dog breed, I would say Pitbull. But pit bulls are nice. Cardi B is nice. But you cross her and you will see the pit bull and her come out. And that's the same thing with pit bulls. Yep. I... You put them in a dog ring um, and they become very, uh, what's the word, tenacious. Well, that's different because they're, 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 they're bred to be mean like that. Well, That doesn't count. But they, if you train them to be guard dogs, then yes, they will. I would, they, yeah, tenacious, um, um, persistent. Uh, okay, and I would say that's words. Cardi B. 
So, um... Now, what about Snoop Dogg? He was up for Best Gospel Album. Didn't win. But what kind of dog would you associate him with? Um, he's always reminded me of an Afghan hound. I could see that. The long, flowing locks of an Afghan. And then, for a guy, he sure has some long hair that he keeps braided. So, yeah. I can see that. Yep. All right, how about the host of the show, Kelly Clarkson? By the way, she did a good job. Uh, she did, and she did a good job while um, suffering uh, an appendicitis. Which is, appendicitis. I do not get that at all. Well, that's so dangerous because if the thing ruptures, you're dead. I mean, she was in tons of pain, but you would never know you that. You wouldn't know it. Because she was smiling, she was singing. She wasn't moving a whole lot, but... Again, she was smiling, she was singing. We thought everything was okay with her. And then the next day, you hear these stories about she had to be rushed to the hospital. But, again, what kind of dog breed would you say she is? A uh, Welsh Corgi. Yeah, and the Queen would love her. Because <laughs> the Queen of England loves her Corgis. And, um... And I think that's a good one for um, Kelly. I think that pretty much covers it. Um, the only well, other thing I would say about the um, award show is Paula Abdul really, really closed it out. She did an awesome job. Uh, she did. She did a fantastic job. <laughs> she was being literally tossed around all over the place and uh, still has the moves. I have to say. And what I couldn't understand, like you said, she was being tossed around. But isn't this the woman that ha that was having back problems? Uh, yes, uh, and she probably still has them. I mean, once you have back problems, you always have them pretty much unless you have drastic surgery or something else. Well, you that, wouldn't that, have... That's successful because a lot of people's back surgeries. Well, you would not have known that from her performance. No, you would not. So hats off to... Um, Paula Abdul because she closed out the night. Speaking of closing out the night, how do you want to close out this segment? I think we just did. Well, no, I thought you had a Snoop Dogg joke. Uh, uh, that's true, I do have one. Why did Snoop Dogg have the umbrella? Or why did Snoop Dogg use the umbrella? an umbrella? Somehow I think you're going to tell me. So why did he? Faux drizzle, Brendizzle. Okay. You know you want to laugh. <laughs> and that's why we're... <laughs> Can I have another? <laughs> no. Can I have another? No, we're done with the segment now. It's over. <laughs> I want another chew chewy sound, please. Is Chewbacca there for rim shots or something? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, now as Chewie says, let's move on. Today, our words of wisdom will come from, yes, you guessed it, Snoop Dogg. Now... He started out his career as a hardcore rapper, but 
He diversified as the years went by and became a um an author. He um also became He's a doing a cooking show with Martha Stewart. Well, I mean, that... this, is, this is a big change. I mean, he was a football coach for his kids. And, and he became and he, a television I, actor because he's been in a couple of he's shows. Been a couple of shows, yeah. And he's also done, most recently, the gospel album. Right. Well, he says his favorite word is conglomerate because that's what he is. And there's some truth to that. So we asked Alexa... What's a quote from Snoop Dogg? And here's what she had to say. Here's a Snoop Dogg quote. My liberty is about living. It's about spreading more love. Even though I was always a peaceful, loving individual, my music sometimes didn't reflect that. But now it's different. My music is reflecting the way I feel. If you listen to the words, it talks basically about change and that we can't be the same person we always are, that we have to change with the times and we need to not turn away from being, from changing if we need to. For shizzle. Okay. (laughs) I can't resist, I'm sorry. (laughs) In other words, he agrees. With myself and Alexa. Don't resist change. Change is a good thing. Dr. David, would you say we are done with episode 14? Yes, I would say episode 14 is in the can now. So, let me end with one more joke. Oh, Here we go. Are you ready? Okay. What do you call a dog magician? I'm sure you'll tell me. Labracadabrador. You were really sick. You know this, right? Okay. And (laughs) that means we have gotten to the end of this show. So what are we going to talk about next time? Next episode, we will have a special segment on uh, Mother's Day. I do, I can say that. So in the meantime, happy Mother's Day to all the moms and mom figures out there because we very much appreciate all that you do, even though we sometimes may not show it. Absolutely. Happy Mother's Day to everybody. So with that, all the best. Peace out. Bye, folks. You have been listening to This and That, a podcast collaboration about some of everything about anything. This has been hosted by David and Brenda and is presented by about greatercincinnati.com Music by Poddington Bear Please subscribe to our podcast so that you can stay up to date about future episodes If you have any comments or suggestions about this episode future episodes interested in sponsorship and or advertising please email us at this and that 
at aboutgreatercincinnati.com. All rights reserved. Thank you and all the best.